Thanks, Jake. Well, why don't we pray as we come to our sermon? Heavenly Father, we thank you that your word uh, is for our hearts, directs our lives, and brings us closer to you as you speak to us. Thank you for the freedom that we have in Christ. Thank you for the freedom that we have in you. We pray that, that today as we move through this interesting and difficult passage, we come to know more of you and move closer to your presence. Amen. Amen. Freedom is to shed all authorities, all constraints, and discover yourself, your inner being, who you really are, and live that out. It's to be your own authority, to run your own life, free to rule, to build, to sustain on your own. Or is it? The context of our passage comes straight out of last week where we were seeing Jesus saying, I am the light of the world, whoever believes in me. You see, the reality is, out of that passage, we have to walk straight into this one. When Jesus says, I am the light of the world, it gives the, the, the reality that the world is in darkness without him. And he moves into that passage just in between I am the light of the world in John 8 to where we are at the end of John 8 now. Open your Bibles with me and have a look at verse 31. Jesus said to the Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you're truly my disciples. and You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. They answered him, we're offspring of Abraham. We've never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say that we'll become free? He said, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. People think Christianity inhibits freedom. People think that Christianity is restrictive and oppressive if you follow it correctly. It's opposed to freedom itself. It's opposite to being free. Yet Jesus says, if you abide in my word, if you stay there, if you live there, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth. You know it. And that knowledge, that truth, it sets you free. And yet then when we get to Christianity, we have, you know, a new way of living. And we go, actually, we, we don't do that. And we, we, we don't do this. And we behave differently to, to many things in the world. That doesn't seem free. And, and they've got a good argument. See, freedom is feeling alive and fulfilled. Jesus just disregarded how we get that freedom. The world thinks it's to be got by self-directive, no authority, free to do as I want because I want. What I want will make me free. It will make me alive. It's the, it's the cry of every teenager. When I'm free from my parents, I can be me. They don't have a clue about me. Their restrictive rules of not throwing food around the house is, is not freedom. But the truth is, you're following Jesus. The truth is when we follow Jesus, when we follow the way that he has for humanity, it gives us design. 
It gives us purpose. Do you remember that formless and void reality of the world? And the light brings in our form, fills in the void. It gives us purpose, design it. It reveals actually who our inner being is, what our inner needs are. We can't discover that on our own. You can't go across the world on a gap year to find yourself. The only way to find yourself is to find Christ. The world thinks it's got to be you alone. Following Jesus is the way to freedom. It brings us freedom. It's truly human to follow Jesus. And under the authority of the creator of humans, your creator who knitted you together in your mother's room, he knows what is best for you. He knows our needs better than us. And we become free. Free from the invisible shackles of what Jesus calls sin. Real freedom is only found in abiding in the words of God when we listen, when we stay, and when we respond. Verse 33, these people said, we're offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How, how is it that you say that you will become free? We've never been slaves. What are you saying? That we're not free now? We're free. We have an amazing bloodline. We are the, the hierarchy of the Jewish religion. Our race is God's own race. Freedom is being our own people. Now, of course, it's a ridiculous claim that they've never been slaves. You just need to read a little bit of the Old Testament to see that, that, that the Jewish nation, Israel, had been under slavery so many times, starting in Egypt, Persia, Babylon, and now they're under the authority, not of their own world, but of the Roman Empire when they're speaking to Jesus. But they're not worrying about the facts. They're just wanting to get Jesus, to trip him, to question him, and they're feeling massively attacked. Jesus says, truly I say to you, Everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. Jesus' response explains that human slavery is, is not bound from earthly authorities, but it's bound from within. As we seek freedom in our lives, we, we actually move into slavery. As we look for those goals that I just think I'm going to find myself in, we have goals, don't we? We build our lives around them and we're willing to do whatever for that life. The life we've decided to live, we become enslaved to the goal that isn't good for us. What makes life good, church? What normally makes us feel fulfilled? Ask yourself the question, where do you find your fulfillment? It tends to be something that we don't fully have yet. I need to get there. There's still a journey to get, get to the success I want, to the fulfillment I want, to the, to the point of life I want. We all have something that we think will make us happy. Just watching Who Wants to Be a Millionaire over the last week, because that's a great show. Just, it's, you just see people go, I just want 16 grand. I just want 32 grand. I'm just going to hit the million. We all want something that we think will make us happy. It will be there when we work towards it. But friends, I think I'm going to be bold enough to say we never actually find it. We become enslaved to our ideals. That's something that, we, that we've chosen that will make life good for us. It's something that we can obsess about. It might be being the top of your career ladder or being a, a great, the greatest parent, better than your own or just being everyone's friend 
or the person who doesn't care what people think. I don't mind what people think about me. I am me. That goal, that life, that happiness might be that you want to be the best in the bedroom and you spend time researching that all the time. Or the one who can give the most amount of money to charity. Even just being the best morally good person or the person who does the most community work. All can become goals that we find ourselves enslaved to. You see, they can be good things, but, but when they become our goal, when they become our success rating, we find ourselves enslaved. We get low if we don't think we're, we're going to be successful in it. We get jealous when we see somebody else who's better than us at it. We idolize people who we think have managed to get there ahead of us. We can't help it. Take romance, for example. We find the feeling of romance being swept off our feet, something that we aim for in life. So we go out looking for that, that right partner, finding someone who does exactly that. Enjoy the days that we have with them. They sweep us off our feet. Perhaps on a two-meter-apart walk in the park that you're now allowed to do, desperately romantic, throwing a rose at them from the other side of a tennis court that you can now legally do. But then two weeks down the line, we still, still have Tinder on our phones. And someone else said, I look cute in my pictures, so I get bored of that person and my attention moves to the next. They might be better. They might be the answer. At least this moment is. The freedom to be me, to find my perfect romantic partner, actually has me enslaved to a rhythm of loneliness and pain for me and for others. People get married under this premise. And, and two months, two years, or two decades later, they're feeling trapped because they think their freedom comes from having no dependence. Just do whatever I want. But I'm enslaved to an ideal in my head, not what's best for my heart. Slavery can lead to affairs and physically and emotional affairs, to others in real life or, or on screens for whatever period of time. In the same vein today, we won't ever commit to a relationship. Some people are saying, I'm not even going to bother with, with covenantal relationship or, or marriage or, or a promise. Won't, I won't bother having children because they, they take up so much time and I love my time on my own. They couldn't imagine being happy if they were locked down by that. So ironically, they don't go there because they think that they're being trapped by it. Taking their freedom away as an individual as they end up trapped by the goal of always being free from that. Another story in our world could simply be success. And there are so many options here, but we, we have that goal in life to have that car, that house, that holiday, that lifestyle, shop at that supermarket. That somewhere we've picked up as an ideal, a goal, perhaps it's simply being employee of the week every single week, loved by your manager, spoken about as the best person in the office. We have the freedom to go and get that but we can end up enslaved to it, overworking, focusing on, on work and not on family or friends, not, not caring for our bodies or our mental health. We make some really stupid decisions to get there, perhaps. We, we can end up using people, white lies, to climb ladders of business, maybe even fiddling the books, not being true on our tax return, or, or even cheating to get ahead. It, it, it becomes the master of us. You see, this success, this goal, is revealed by the sin that we do to get there. We're enslaved to, to that sin of worshipping and bowing down to something other than God. Some of us today need to ask ourselves a question. 
how do I know what that is for me? If you haven't already thought of it as I've been speaking, what is the one thing you need to have in the future for you to feel complete? For you to feel fulfilled? Being married, being single, being married to somebody else, the very next iPhone, the golf membership in your retirement. Another question could be, what, what are you fearful of losing? What do you tend to look down on other people for? Perhaps they're not successful in your eyes. Perhaps they have the wrong education or, or they're not as moral as you are. You need to have what they don't have. I think we all have something. We depend on it to make us feel good. And why? Because we are dependent people. We are dependent on things. We're, we're created to be that way. The truth in all of this is, is where we find our freedom. We're only ever fulfilled when we are dependent on the right thing. No human can live alone. No human can live without the sun rising and the sun setting. We're dependent on food and water, dependent on each other and community. Our, our culture says freedom is, is having no master. If we convince ourselves we are slaves to no one, we're, we're blind. We are. We're slaves to all sorts, and all these things have a slave master. The things I've mentioned are simply tools by the master to enslave us. Simple tools that can lie to us. Even if they look and smell good in the first instance. The master of these things that enslave us, if it isn't God, is the master of sin. We always have a master. There's two choices in life, and we can always choose a different master. Having a master that knows us better than we do, having a master that has our physical and spiritual needs in place, having a master that loves us and tells us the truth and wants to care and nurture us into the best us, the best me, the best you. See what Jesus says in verse 35, the slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. There's a freedom when the sun sets you free. But the liar, the other master, wants you to think, wants me to think that freedom comes when I'm my own boss. I'm under no master, but the lie is we're always under him. When we're set free by the sun, we're free indeed. Jesus is the Son of God Almighty. The Father in heaven. And if he sets a slave free, they are free. We can become brothers and sisters with him in the house. Move from slavery to freedom. We become part of the family. Adopted in. You might remember from the beginning of John. John chapter 1 verse 12 says, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. The right he gave the right to you. We want the right to live our way. The right's been given to you to become a child of, the, of Almighty God. Born again, out of slavery, into freedom. The inheritance that a child gets from their parents. 1 Peter 1, 3 and 4. He's caused us to be born again to, to a living hope. This isn't just buying a slave. This is you're reformed, you're, you're reborn. 
through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, your death is taken. You can be a whole new person under the freedom of God. And you get given an inheritance that will never perish. Unlike the romance, unlike the retirement golf sessions, unlike the car that will one day have its head gasket blown, we're made to be a child, not a slave. Freedom is being with the Father in the house that he's built for us, a house of living stones. The poets of our day, they speak about our desire for this house. But we often think it's our birthplace, our home. We have a longing, don't we? I mean, I, I was born in Harlow in Essex. I've never really longed to go back, but, but most of us have this desire to go home. It might just be that sofa you love or that bed you, you just love snuggling into or, or the people who are at home and the fact that you know whoever works in the post office in your, your little town, almost heaven. Somebody writes about West Virginia, the Blue Ridge Mountains, the Shenandoah River. Country roads will take me home to the place I belong. You might know this other song. I wish I was homeward bound, on my way home, where, where my thoughts escaping, where my music's playing, where my love lies waiting silently for me. There are hundreds of songs about homes. I've picked two of my favorites. When we're away from home, we know our need for the comfort of it. Well, Jesus has a home for us a home we actually desire inside, a home we're safe in where there's everything we need for fulfillment and happiness, a home for the children, a house for the family, a safe place from the slavery of what our culture calls freedom, where sons and daughters can remain forever. You've got it wrong. Freedom comes from the sun. So in our passage, why don't these people just listen? Years of academic study they've had, years of religious training, years of researching, years of, of, of going up that ladder of the, of the religion they're in and finding success. They're at the top of their game. They've got so much life experience to be told by this random guy, Jesus, that you need to turn around. You need to follow a whole new way. And you're enslaved. But that is what Jesus asks for, to hear the truth and to find real freedom. Jesus is saying what his father is saying. They're listening to their father. They say their father's Abraham, verse 39. Abraham's our father. He is the leader of our race. He's the leader of the religion that God promised to his children. They know their Old Testament. They know their lineage. He is the father of Judaism. He is their bloodline. He is their identity. Abraham is our father. We're following him, Jesus. If you're a good Jew, you know that and you're wrong. But Jesus refutes this. He says, you're not following Abraham, but the devil and he's already agreed that they're the offspring of Abraham in verse 37. There's no issue there. They are the offspring, but he disagrees that they're his children. Note the clear difference in the eyes of God between bloodline and birth. You might be someone's child by blood, but true parents can be adopted in. And we celebrate that. Children follow. They mimic their parents, don't they? They're influencers. 
And some people in our lives, we, we might be able to pinpoint those people that had more of an influence on us over our development as people than our actual blood parents for all sorts of reasons. This is exactly the point of our passage. We don't just grow up to be like our blood parents. We grow up to be like those who have parented us, those who we've looked up to, those who, who have been our role models. And Jesus said, if you were Abraham's children, you'd be doing what Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. Follow Abraham then and you'll find God. You're doing the works your father did. Abraham's not your father. They have a different father to Abraham, one whose works that they were copying, whose are very different to Abraham's. And, and of course, confused that they go as low as possible to try and get Jesus out. That They know that there's some, some question about when Jesus was born. Like It seems to be that, that he, he was, he was, uh, his mother was pregnant before she was married to Joseph. So they, they swipe in and go, we weren't born of sexual immorality. They don't even try and argue the point. They go, look, mate, your mum your mom was uh, not, not behaving herself. They literally diss Jesus' mum. At least we were born legitimately. We have one father, they say, even God. You see, Jesus says, Abraham's not your father. They, they reevaluate that. They try and swipe low. And then they go, no, wait, our God has to be far. Yep, God, our father is God. But Jesus is claiming his father's God. And then they claim that their father's God. But this is more than just tit for tat. This is truth versus lies. Jesus said, if God were your father, you would love me for I came from God and I am here. I, I came not on my own account, but he sent me. Who do you understand? Why do you not understand, sorry, what I say? It's because, he's got the answer, you can't bear to hear my word. You can't stand up in my revelation. It challenges too much. If our dads were the same, you'd know my voice. He tells them the truth. They're, they are away from his father. They're far from being about to hear. They're not going to contemplate what Jesus is saying because they're not as humans should be. They need to realize their slavery to the way of sin. Even though they would say it was the religious law of the time, not necessarily their, their own gap year finding themselves, but it's it's the life they've built in the way of Abraham, taught to them by their rabbis and their parents and their, their good going to church on a Sunday. That's what they've been taught. It's their birthright. But their birthright is actually of a slave to the devil. And Jesus says, you do as your father tells you. You follow the things you're enslaved to, friends. Remember those things are just tools used by the devil to entrap us. Jesus boldly says, you... You are of the father, the devil. And your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning. Remember that word, murderer. And does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. And when he lies, he speaks of his own character. For he is the father of lies. The identity of their father is a murderer and a liar. Now we know that one of the first things that happened when Adam and Eve had children was the boys killed each other. Murderer, living under sin, murder comes in, death rules. He loves death. He loves to, to get rid of us. What was the first sin caused? Well, the devil was in the garden speaking lies. Did God really say that? 
to Adam and Eve, liar and murderer. And we believe lies, and we will end up dead. Everything in their lives are screaming at them to continue worshipping anything other than God. The pride in their bloodline, the lifestyle choice, the religiosity and authority, the rules they live under, the way they were brought up, it feels like they're going to lose everything. But let me read you this quote from Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis, the writer of the Narnia Chronicles. Um, Let me read you this. We all want progress, he writes. Progress means getting nearer to the place where we want to be. And if you've taken a wrong turn, then to go forward does not get you any nearer. If you're on the wrong road, progress means doing an about turn, walking back to the right road. And in that case, the man who turns back soonest is the most progressive man. We've all seen this done in arithmetic, he writes. When I started the sum the wrong way, the sooner I admit this and go back again, the faster I will get on. There's nothing progressive about being pig-headed and refusing to admit a mistake. And I think if you look at the present state of the world, it's pretty plain that humanity has been making some big mistakes. We're on the wrong road. And if this is so, we must go back. Going back is the quickest way forward. Listening to Jesus means killing the progress we thought we were making and following a different father. Now, we have testimonies all across the church about doing exactly this. No matter how young or old you were, how how challenging we found it at the time, how right it felt, or how much of a struggle over whatever period of time it took, we know this journey. Some of you might be on the edge of your seats now, knowing that that they would love to, but, but you've no idea where to start. Some of us might be in that battle now, fighting against the desires of the flesh, fighting against the words of the world, concealed words of the devil, Verse 47, whoever is of God hears the word of God. The reason why you do not hear is that you're not from God. If you're hearing Jesus' stark teaching and know that you want to turn around to make progress, know that actually you do have these things in life that you're following and you want to have a different father, you're hearing the word of God. Even if you've no idea how to do it, your heart is being called home where you were created to be. Your whole life is being turned upside down and you're, you're working out that you are of God. Adopted as a child, it warms you, although it's a, it's a foreign warming, it warms you. Made into a child of God as, as someone living in the house forever, you're coming home. Don't act like the Pharisees, unable to hear. He swipes, they swipe again, they call him a Samaritan, he's not really that Jewish, they, they have a go at his heritage, they sow doubt of who he is as the passage goes on and, and an easy way not to listen is to simply say that this person is not right, he's not, not well, there's another authority that he's possessed and they tell him that as well. They dishonor him and who he stands with. Remember that Jesus says, Before Abraham was, I am. Remember that? Ego, Amy, we've spoken about that a few times in John's Gospel. The name of God, he is God. Truly I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, you'll never see death. Now we know that you have a demon, they say, and, and Abraham died and the prophets died. And yet you say, if anyone keeps my word, you'll never die. Are you greater than Abraham? Yes. Yes, I am. Before Abraham was I am. Remember, the name of God 
But his offspring have forgotten. Abraham's offspring have forgotten that God is bigger than the rules that were set out for humanity. God is bigger and he knows them. But not just them, humanity's forgotten where our homes are. We're trapped, we're enslaved. What do we do when we hear these offensive words? Your life is wrong. How dare the vicar say that? We can follow the devil and his ways are not God's ways. What do we do? As we end, what do we do? Well, there's a choice. If you're not currently following him, turn around and make real progress in life. Because this isn't just life until you get taken out in a coffin. This is life that will never end because we will never taste death. Stop singing about the comforts of of home, wherever that may be to you. But let's start singing about the comforts of the home of the children of God. If the Son sets you free, you're free indeed. For those who are following Jesus, there's still work to do, friends, isn't there? I know that in myself. There's still so much work to do because this isn't instantaneous in the transformation of me to holiness. We battle still. We sin still. What sin are you indulging in? What successes are you striving for that, that, that is actually shrouded in lies? What are we bowing at the feet of? If your pride Is your pride going to get hit if you move away from that thing? If you bring your darkness into the light of the world, are you full of embarrassment? There's another response we can have, so we can not listen or listen. There's another response. If you try and ignore him, you try and ignore the word of God, you can try, but there's a day when judgment will come. We try to kill him off, not listen to his words, change what he's saying, allow the way of an alternative father to be called good. Try and kill Jesus, and that's exactly what they do. He says before Abraham, I am. That's a bit foreign to us, but the reality is they know exactly what he's saying. They know he's saying, I am God. So they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself. They picked up stones to stone him. At the beginning of this chapter, we remember that story. They were picking up stones to stone a woman. Well, they couldn't because they had to judge themselves first. And and they go, this guy is blaspheming. We're going to kill him now. But Jesus gets away because it wasn't his time yet. But they did kill him. They did pick up the stones. And they did get him finally. And they thought that that annoying voice attacking their human hearts had finally gone. It was finally dealt with. It was hung on the cross. But even that couldn't shut this guy up. It in fact proved his words. It moved his words to the children of God. Those people who had heard. It moved them to the church. Being built up with a bold message all by the will of God, exactly as he planned it, through whose words people are adopted into the family of God, just like Abraham, through faith. He rose from the dead, rose from the dead, empowered the church. And that's why we bother live streaming now. Because it's the same power, friends. It's the same option. God or the devil. And the devil will never tell you that it's him speaking. But God has told us over and over and over again because he's honest and he's true and he's not hiding from us. Just try it. Church, this is our mission. 
We don't want to hear anything else. We don't want to water down this message. We are either with Jesus or not. It feels like us and them because it is. But we are not just isolating ourselves to the world. We're saying, world, come in. World, come home. You can be here too. This is our mission, church. And so, and so for today, who are you inviting to church? Who are you inviting to, to know Jesus? When was the last person you told, told someone the gospel? Who was that person? We're more communicative now on Zoom, it seems, than we were in real life. Zoom evangelism needs to become a thing. Let's gather them. If you're wondering uh, how to explore this faith now, go onto our contact form on the website. Tick the box that says you want to explore and we, we'll gather people together. If you are sitting there going, I need to invite someone to know Jesus, I can't sit here on my own, then invite them. Let's get a group together. Let's do it online. It's a great time to do it. We've got time. Friends, the truth will set us free. Believe in Christ because it's exciting, because it's amazing, because it's the most fulfilling thing that will ever happen to our hearts as we follow Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you continue to work in your church, even in days where we feel isolated and lost. Thank you that you continue to build up that house of living stones, that you continue to be the light of the world, that you continue, Lord, to build your church. May we St. Andrew's Wimbledon. Be a church of people willing to listen to God, to turn around and make progress, to, to kill off those, those things that we're doing that are not following the Lord and to invite people to follow their real Father in heaven. Become children of God. Live in that house forever. Free. Free in our right human state to be the best we can be. Amen. Let's worship. If you'd like any prayer ministry, Pete and Jen are waiting for you. Do pray through these things. Do email that. It'll be on the screen. And let's sing worship. And Anna will close our service in a few minutes. <laughs>